0: Welcome to the White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Hope you are all well, witches. I'm really excited. On this week's show, we will be talking all about weather magic, one of my favorite topics. I think it might be of real interest to you too. That's on segment three of today's episode. We also have an interview with the goddess Emma Mumford. She is host of the Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast we also reviewed her book spiritual queen a while back on the show so emma kindly came onto the show a good few months back it was one of my first interviews i did on the show so a little bit rusty with my interview skills emma has her own youtube channel she is an award-winning life coach and mentor she offers tons of free content she's just a complete goddess I personally have listened to her podcast for a long time, always found her truly inspiring. So Emma actually has a new book called Positively Wealthy coming out on June 9th. The description for her book is Positively Wealthy is a spiritual yet practical guide to redefining your version of wealth and inviting abundance into your life. So on a personal note, I interviewed Emma in around... January this year, completely randomly, cheekily messaged her to see if she would ever consider coming onto the podcast, nearly fell over backwards when she messaged me back, let alone said yes. And since then, she has actually become my mentor for the witchcraft book that I'm writing, which I know I've mentioned about the book on the show before. It's actually got a full blown title now. So the book is going to be called The White Witch's Book of Healing is pretty much a handbook full of rituals and spell work, how to work with the deities, and just overall practices that really help me through addiction, codependency, mental health issues, but also how to come out on the other side and find abundance and stability. So, anyway, basically Emma started becoming my coach for the book publishers that I'm working with. And it has literally started to change my life after only two sessions. So having a life coach was something I always dreamed about, always thought it was something I'd never get to do. I'm not going to lie. And if you are ever considering working with a life coach, Emma is amazing. I always thought that having a life coach was one of those things that, you know, those other people do. That's what I thought. But no, honestly, it is the most valuable experience ever. She has got me so organised. I actually know what I'm doing. I actually know what I'm doing with my life. I've got my little plan. And yeah, I've it's got me thinking in a completely different way. It's really transformational. But anyway, back to Emma and her book and the interview. At the moment, if you pre-order Emma's book before it comes out June 9th, you get access to a three wealth and fulfillment workshop. She's got meditation playlists. Anyway, if not, head over to her website. It's just full of free content. I always feel really hyped up and inspired after listening to Emma, and I think you might too. But yeah, she's fantastic. But let's get into our book review today. So... I am going to do a drake. I'm going to flip the switch. I'm going rogue. I sound really uncool when I try to throw things in like that. But anyway, I have read a good few witchcraft books recently. Every week I will only review books I love and I think they're worthwhile you putting your hands in your pocket and buying them or, you know, borrowing them, whatever. Um, A few witchcraft books I've read recently, I just didn't think that they were worth mentioning. So, Instead, I'm going to be cheeky and put this out there for this week only at this stage. We'll see how it goes down. I'm going to tell you about three nonfiction witchcraft books that I truly love with all my heart. And trust me, I've read many fictional witchcraft books over the years. So basically, first book is very related to our last segment today, mainly because on today's episode, obviously, we're covering weather magic. This particular masterpiece gives you a fantastic insight into how witches were called upon to help sailors and fishermen. The book is called The Witch of Salt and Storm. The story is all about a young girl called Avery Rowe, and she is expected to make the charms that the whalers will buy to keep them safe at sea, following in the tradition of her grandma. So this was actually a true practice that we will talk about in the last segment of today's episode. So I'm just going to read you the opening of the book as it actually ties in accurately to how witches worked in and around many ports where fishermen and sailors would depart from. So alongside the sailors or fishermen calling upon these witches, they would also have wives who would visit asking for protection talismans or for help with curses. Sometimes curses even aimed at their husbands who were at sea. Despite my mother's best efforts, I never forgot the day my grandmother taught me how to tie the winds. That was 10 years ago, when Prince Island was more than just a rock out in the Atlantic Ocean, when its docks choked with ships, when the factory furnaces spat out a constant stream of thick black smoke, and the island's bars spat out a constant stream of laughing men, their faces round and shiny. That was back to when the people on my island treasured my grandmother and her role in their fortunes. Every man, woman and child on Prince Island knew the way to her cottage had to know the way because their lives depended on it. Even back in the good times, the pastor with a dried apple face would spend his sermons lecturing the congregation against my grandmother's promises A deal with her was a deal with the devil, he'd tell them, raising his fist and cracking it down on the podium. And the people on my island would nod with pinched lips, but they'd visit her all the same. A man, although they were usually so young, they could still be called boys, might ask for a fidelity charm. He'd be anxious, excited, more nervous about leaving his girl than about the years-long voyage he would soon endure. My grandmother would tell him, Bring me a dozen strands of your sweetheart's hair and cut off a lock of your own. Once he returned with the items, her long fingers would weave and bind the hairs with seagrass, building a loose bracelet. Put it on her wrist, she would say, and your girl will remain true. So we'll go into this, certainly the historical aspect of this later on on the show. The second book I'm talking about is one of my early favourites. It's called Ruby's Spoon. So the synopsis to the book is, this is a tale of three women, one witch, one mermaid and one missing and how Ruby was caught up in between. The black country town of Cradle Cross, home to button makers, canal folk and more than its share of widows is bounded by canals, grief and superstition. Caught within this web is motherless 13-year-old Ruby who dreams of escaping the soot and smoke of her hometown for the clear air of the sea. When a mysterious stranger named Isa Fly appears on a quest to find her dying father's missing wife and daughter, Ruby is enchanted. But some of the townsfolk are instantly suspicious of the outsider and when Ruby introduces Isa to Trude Blick, the blue stocking graduate who has just inherited the town's button factory, the town is pushed to the brink of riot. Only Ruby knows enough to save them, but first she must save herself. So I read this book years and years ago and I've reread it a few times. This takes you into a totally different world. It's hard going to read, but a bit like Dickens, if you persist, you'll be truly rewarded. It really is the most beautiful book. It's set in the Black Country, which is an area of the UK. It's basically the West West Midlands during the 1930s. So this book is less educational on the witchcraft front than the other two we're talking about today. But there's also certainly some question mark over Isa being a witch. Nonetheless, I'm throwing it in the mix. It's a truly magical book. I love it. I think you might too. Last but certainly not least, The Witch's Daughter. So I know we've talked about this before. If you like me, I'm, yeah, I'm sure many of you do, witches. If you want to live in a quaint witch's type cottage, this book will leave you smitten with the lifestyle of Elizabeth Ann Hawksmith. Honestly, you'll feel truly inspired. She's, she's living the life. I'll give you the synopsis for this book, but this is, again, a truly educational book. It gives you lots of insight into witchcraft history and history in general. My name is Elizabeth Ann Hawksmith, and my age is 384 years. Each new settlement asks for a new journal, and so this Book of Shadows begins. In the spring of 1628, the witchfinder of Wessex finds himself a true witch. As Bess Hawksmith watches her mother swing from the hanging tree, she knows that only one man can save her from the same fate at the hands of the panicked mob, the warlock Gideon Masters and his Book of Shadows. Secluded at his cottage in the woods, Gideon instructs Bess in the craft, awakening formidable powers she didn't know she had and making her immortal. She couldn't have foreseen that even now, centuries later, he would be hunting her across time, determined to claim payment for saving her life. In present-day England, Elizabeth has built a quiet life for herself, tending a garden and selling herbs and oils at the local farmer's market. But her solitude abruptly ends when a teenage girl called Tegan starts hanging around. Against her better judgment, Elizabeth begins teaching Tegan the ways of the Hedge Witch, in the process awakening memories and demons long fought forgotten. Part historical romance, part modern fantasy, The Witch's Daughter is a fresh, compelling take on the magical yet dangerous world of witches. Readers will long remember the fiercely independent heroine who survives plagues, wars, and the heartbreak that comes with immortality to remain true to herself and protect the protégé she comes to love. Uh, honestly all three are beautiful definitely worth checking them out but don't worry normal service will resume for next week's episode with a factual witchcraft book but I genuinely love all three of these books they're really close to my heart provide pure escapism and they are books that I could and will read over and over again join me after the break where we talk with the lovely Emma Mumford to say a huge welcome to Emma Mumford also known as the spiritual queen Emma is the author of one of my favorite books we um, have had a review of the book on the show so spiritual queen a cosmic guide to show you how to say yes to yourself yes to life and yes to your dreams Emma hello hi thank you so much for having me on Carly Thank you so much for coming on and um, so I should say adding to that amazing intro Emma is an award-winning life coach, blogger, YouTuber, podcast host, I love the podcast, speaker and a best-selling author so yeah lots and lots of hats that Emma wears. <laughs> I don't know how you do it all Emma I know with them like this year for you is going to be pretty epic I think because um I know you've obviously sort of rolled out the manifestation membership online group
1: as well this year yeah no it's definitely a full-on year and it's it's so funny because like I finished spiritual queen kind of like summer 2018 and obviously that came out January 2019 so for me writing a second book was not on the cards I was like 2019 is going to be such a chill year you know have fun oh no the universe is like get the second book out <laughs> do the membership and I was like why universe why but now I've done both of them like I'm super thrilled with both of them like the membership is such a an awesome vibe and place to be in with so many like-minded spiritual queens um and obviously you know I'm really excited about the book coming out so it's definitely all worth it so if you feel like you're being pushed to do stuff by the universe trust it
0: (laughs) oh my goodness it's so funny you say that um yeah I completely agree you know you sort of think oh, just take it slowly and then this huge opportunity comes up and you're like okay wasn't expecting that then the um I mean, the Manifestation membership group is fantastic. It's really funny because I got um, a message today from a friend of mine who I met on a female entrepreneur course tail ender last year and she messaged me to say I've just seen you on the manifestation membership group and it was just really funny one of my local friends who um is also on there so yes it's 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 quite big it's it's huge
1: oh I love it and it's so nice to see that people locally are connecting as well even if you already knew her but hopefully there's some other spiritual queens you can connect with but for me definitely, like I'm in Dorset so it's been really nice to see how many spiritual queens are in Dorset to connect with
0: Oh, I was going to say yeah. I know there's quite a few on your on your home turf. And um, funnily enough, actually, obviously with um, my show, you you know we do a lot on the supernatural side and the witchy sides. And um, uh, there's another spiritual queen that I met on there. And and there's a few of us that are going to go on a little ghost hunt at some point. So that's going to be quite. <laughs>
1: Quite random. <laughs> oh wow. What I'm super please? This is awesome. Well, you have to let me like, really know how you guys get on. Yeah, I think we're gonna hit a um
0: in bulk festival, which is like one of the next the next um Sabbaths for us witches. So that's gonna be quite interesting. And that's through the membership group. So yeah, well done. It's you know, some some really great members on there. Um so yeah, coming back to the book, so so excited for you. Um, I know you were saying so it wasn't on the cards to write this
1: second book then. Last year was meant to be quite an easy one. Oh my god, totally! Like twenty eighteen, like basically twenty eighteen was spiritual queen in a book. It was such a big spiritual awakening for me, like a lot of tough lessons and just a lot of inner work um which that book spiritual queen my first one like really represents so for me 2019 was meant to be like letting my hair down living my best Mm -hmm. life you know just actually enjoying life as well as my work because I like I'm a Virgo I love my work but equally I was really passionate about creating that same happiness in my personal life so I, you know, was dedicated. That was what my word for 2019 was, like really focusing on personal life and just like bringing that happiness and balance there as well and feeling good in that in those terms. And yeah, the universe was like, yeah, you can do that, Emma, but you're going to write a book as well on this journey. So I went, I had um, a psychic reading at my book launch party. We hired like a little local psychic just to kind of do some readings for fun. And I said, oh, I better get in first before I have to go and talk to everyone all night. And she said, your next book's going to be on money and I was like shut up no it's not (laughs) um so for anybody who doesn't know my past I used to be known as the coupon queen so my past my previous business I ran for six years was one of the biggest money saving websites and couponing websites in the UK and um that was like such a big transition for me to obviously go from coupon queen to spiritual queen but when this psychic said this I was like no I'm not like I've given up money like I'm all about self-help definitely not going to be going down that route. So I kind of sort of, you know, just bypass that reading. And then um, I was doing a podcast with one of my good friends. And he said, God, you're just so good with money, aren't you? Like, you're really balanced. And that's really hard to see in the spiritual sphere, you know, someone who's really good at business, really grounded with money, but equally really spiritual as well. And I thought, do you know what, that is quite rare. And I have actually never really seen that before. I thought, no, you're right, there is quite an unbalanced relationship with money in the spiritual sphere. And, you know, it's a real big varying people either see it really as evil and like money's like the root of all evil or people just like don't know their worth or they just have a real terrible relationship with it especially like spiritual entrepreneurs so I didn't just necessarily want to focus on the entrepreneur side of things but obviously naturally that's what I'm kind of experiencing as well as my banking kind of history as well as my money saving history so I've got like all you can see all these little breadcrumbs were leading up to this like spiritual money and book as such so the book naturally came to me after having those conversations I thought actually I think I could investigate this see how I feel with it see what kind of themes and I thought maybe it was a book that you know would come out in a couple of years but as I went along my positively wealthy journey last year in terms of of defining what my real version of wealth was how to have you know how to actually communicate how to have a spiritual relationship with money and feel positive about it and incorporate that into my work And also just really looking at how money and wealth relate to each other and how we can actually make that spiritual and, you know, almost heal this and help people to have a positive, abundant relationship with money, wealth, and actually defining what your version of wealth is. Because I thought I knew what mine was, but oh boy, I did not until I went along this journey. So it's definitely been an interesting one, but I'm just so pumped for this book. So pumped.
0: I was going to ask you, that's really common, you know, in terms of um, what common mistakes or misconceptions do you see people have around spirituality and abundance, be it, you know, you know, money, wealth? What What do you tend to see that, you know, I know you work with a lot of clients for life coaching
1: and so on, but what do you see repeatedly mistakes that people make? there's definitely a few so in terms of like the business side of things if you're like a spiritual entrepreneur there is a lot of noise at the moment about being like six-figure coaches seven-figure coaches being rich beyond your wildest dreams and like I was totally here for that I was like okay cool if that's success like and I think this is the conditioning of our society of success was always drilled into me from a very young age even before spirituality came in of like you know like having nice cars having nice houses being a millionaire so to me I thought great that would be cool like I wasn't exactly fussed but I was like great that would be cool if I could have all those things like I'd be able to like do more help charities you know help people I wasn't necessarily lining my own pockets but I guess the ego definitely kind of resonates with that like yeah you want all these things so what kind of happened for me was that I went along this whole career journey um as you know naturally that was what was meant to happen um you know before sort of my personal life sort of came in and took over as such with like settling down and things and um, I realized with all these amazing amazing achievements that I'd manifested like the book deal going on this morning like oh just so many things amazing things that I've achieved they brought me joy and oh boy I'm grateful like and I had to really check in with myself because I was blaming myself saying that I wasn't grateful for all of these things because I kept wanting more and I kept striving for more and it became this big long checklist of right now you've got the book deal what next 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 and I realized that you're never taking in the present moment you're never you're never hitting that point where you think I've made it that's it I can just chill like I can just chill now and it just you know became a big long checklist and this is so common with manifestation when people don't know when to stop they keep the checklist keeps like getting bigger and bigger and bigger and actually instead of like really being present and really being grateful when those manifestations come in it becomes right what what now can I improve what next can I do so That's definitely a misconception with abundance as well. Wealth, in terms of what wealth actually means to you, because obviously, even in the spiritual sphere, like with self help teachers, podcast videos, we see books, they're all saying, you know, wealth is having money, having a good relationship with money. So to me, I thought I was really freaking wealthy. I was like, yeah, I'm great. Wealth's great. But really, I thought, do I feel wealthy? No, I don't. I actually don't feel wealthy at all because the parts of my life I've really wanted to focus on, I haven't been able to because my whole version of wealth is wrong. And actually yeah. I realized that money was great, success was great, validation was great, but really it never filled that hole I wanted it to. The you know the hole that I had to address was that deep inner healing, which is what this book kind of goes along as such. And for me, it was healing what I thought was my version of wealth and realizing that actually like family, time, having children in the future and really like a rich family life was wealth to me. Um and you know people's different everyone's going to have a different version of wealth. Here. That's not to say that you know money and success and things like that won't be your version of wealth. It might actually be. So I think it's just like really being honest with yourself and you know another thing I see is about goals of are your goals actually your own goals or are they goals that you think you should be doing because everybody else is doing this? And I have this so much with my clients of um, they think they want to be a life coach, they come and have a session with me and I say to them, why do you want to become a life coach? Because I can, I can always sense when there's something, I'm like, right, let, let's go deeper in here. And I'm like, why do you want to be a life coach? Okay, what's led you to this? And you actually realize that there's so much noise about purpose and how purpose has to look like what I do what you do for example like that people think that you know maybe doing something completely different with the environment or animals or anything like purpose is absolutely anything so definitely your version of wealth like make sure it's yours are those goals yours or are they someone else's version of success because it's so easy to get distracted by this and think that you know everyone else is doing this therefore I should do this that again it's kind of you know taking it away from what we should be doing um so yeah those are the kind of common misconceptions. I hope that I hope that's answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. And I
0: love um it's absolutely true what you're saying. I think it's it's seeking a lot of the time how you want to feel as well over what you want to own have do. Does that make sense in relation to um the manifesting side of things. Also what you're saying, I, I'm very good at doing the whole putting out a list of things I want to achieve, things I want to do, and then never being, you know, not being great at being in the present moment, sort of achieving it and then going, okay, what's next? And mm. it's getting that gratitude because that's what it's often that's a huge part of it anyway, isn't it? You know, the gratitude of what you put out. So Emma, really exciting year for you. You've got your second book coming out, um, Positively Wealthy. So talking about the book, when would that actually be coming out this year?
1: so it comes out on June the 9th but the pre-order should be live now when you're listening to this so definitely if we're past March then the pre-order will be up on Amazon and all all your usual bookstores fantastic
0: and obviously really keen to get you on the show I actually came across your work because of Yasmin Bolan's book Moonology which I know you're a big fan of um that book's fantastic i I, i'm I'm a huge fan of her work um i know as well from the manifestation membership and just your you know youtube videos the podcast um that you're really into you know the moon astrology astrology um obviously witches have always used energy to work to manifest so you know through casting spells ritual work putting out to the universe gods goddesses of what they're looking for can you give me any insight into any rituals or energy work that you do in relation to manifesting
1: Yeah, of course. So the moons are such an important one for manifesting, you know, if you already follow the moon cycles already, then the new moon is such a powerful time to set those intentions, plant the seeds. So it's probably very similar to what you guys do already, Um, just probably in different, different words as such, you know, all practices we do are kind of the same, we're just all singing off the same hymn sheet, it's just different for whatever audience you're kind of, you know, relating to as such. So definitely set those new moon intentions, um, because it's so important to you know sow those seeds and kind of just think about what it is you want over the next 30 days sometimes with new moon practices people will put like yearly goals or you know big big vision goals which I wouldn't say is like a no like you definitely can do that but I tend to in my you know my opinion I think it works better when you just focus on what you want to manifest over the next 30 days until the next new moon or that month so apart from that at the beginning of a month I tend to just set some personal goals some work goals and you know a money goal if I wanted to if you know I wanted to manifest a holiday or something like that if I needed to manifest the money then I'll put that as well um so I tend to just put five personal goals so for me that month this month for example it's like wanting to find time to read more books so um because I mentor Seven authors at the moment. I've been reading my book and their book religiously. So I feel like I haven't read any books when I'm reading eight books a month essentially. So yeah. <laughs> you know, for me it was important to actually read some other books as well, like which, you know, I've had on my reading pile for ages. So that's the sort of things I'll put on my personal goals and work goals could be anything from opportunities. It could be, you know, like setting some intentions if I'm launching something. Um, you know, it can really vary on what you feel you kind of need that support in or manifestation in as such. So And that's what I tend to do as such of like a monthly practice um, in terms of regularly manifesting. So regularly manifesting is important because like Carly said, you know, you can have all the vision boards, you can have everything but you need to be clear so doing these regular practices help you to find that clarity on you know instead of just saying I want to be a published author well actually what's your book on explore that what would you like your book to be on um, what sort of publisher would you like to work with do you want to be self-published Do you want to be have a traditional publishing deal you know all these things get specific because the universe loves like you being specific because when you have clarity the universe can have clarity with you so remember it's one big energetic mirror So those are kind of my top tips for like regular manifesting.
0: I love that you went into um, the sustainable abundance side of it as well. So actually looking at what you do really want and thinking, can I... You know, would I be able to work with that? Would that work for me? Really breaking it down so that you do really understand what you actually want and if it's going to work out for you. I think that, um, you know, when it comes to manifesting my myself as well, you know, that I've put things out into the universe, got it, and thought, I really don't want this. You know, what have I done to myself? So, it, yeah, it, I, I quite liked the episode of the podcast that you just did and, you know, talking about that side of things. I think that's what I like about the podcast in general, though, Emma, because I think you're so um you're so frank you know and it's really good like I just think that you um I mean if if anyone hasn't listened to the podcast it's brilliant um so the full name of the podcast Emma is it the um Sorry, can you give us the details on your podcast?
1: Of course. It's called Spiritual Queen's Badass Podcast. And the episode Carly is mentioning is called Creating Sustainability in All Areas of Your Life. So it's all about how sustainability with your manifestations and goals is actually really key. And this is another big lesson which has featured throughout the new book and obviously my journey over the last year of when like we want everything at once like we want all of our manifestations we want everything at once and actually how that can sometimes be like the worst thing that can happen to you and how I have you know manifested it all at once and being like oh god like there's still work (laughs) i need to do so it's about you know not only manifesting those things you know in terms of the podcast and the book it talks about both but it's not about you know just saying right we're going to manifest all these things it's how you can sustainably keep those things as well so that you're an energetic match so that when you receive the dream guy the dream house the dream career clients whatever you're in the best position possible to really be of service to those people to nurture those relationships and to you know be your best self at the end of day that you can enjoy those things so yeah again it's so much noise in the self-help industry of like having all this success in six months and like realistically you know that's one of the topics I cover is that a well, business is hard like you know you have failures you have to like get knocked down get back up and it's so easy with comparison as well to think that you know people are successful overnight and oh my god she's got that really quickly why can't I have those things when actually it's like you know, stop a minute, take a check and think, that business has probably been like six to eight years in the making to have that yeah. one moment of success. But we don't see that because we're only posting, you know, on social media as, as a collective, all the positive things or the happy things. You know, we're not posting all the times we fail. And, you know, that's what I'm trying to sort of like positively, you know, bring into the social media sphere of like talking about when times are hard as well, talking about when we do make failures. So and you know, every failure I think is, you know, just redirecting us to where we're meant to be. It's not really a fail at the end of the day, but essentially it's it's about realizing that no journey is perfect no journey does just happen like that you know especially with business like it takes hard work determination and your energy as well you know it's it's all about what you put into it you're going to get out of it
0: absolutely I know coming back to the second book so I know you saw the psychic and she told you you're going to write the second book and you weren't you know thinking that was going to happen at that particular point but did you have So after that, did you have quite a few synchronicities and things that came up and you just thought, I'm obviously meant to be writing this book then?
1: (laughs) Yeah, massively. So one big event that kind of sort of triggered this whole inner reflection of there's work that needs to be done again Emma (laughs) is um when I sold my business so I sold my couponing business at the end of 2018 so just a little bit before the psychic reading at my book launch maybe a month or so and um you know it was a really exciting time I sort of manifested the perfect buyer who actually turned out to be someone I knew so it was really great that I could like you know sell my baby to someone who I trusted who I knew would like you know keep the values, keep the morals, and obviously, you know, it go to good hands where it could grow and blossom because it needed a team of people, you know, it massively outgrown me because it got so big with like half a million followers and all keeping up with the deals. And also, you know, for me.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: I wanted to spread my wings and go into my spiritual path so you know it was the right time for us to both go and like follow our paths as such um and it was just lovely that you know my friend was really interested and you know he's still running it today and really enjoys it so that was like the perfect manifestation there um so yeah to be able to receive that money was like life-changing for me you know it was obviously going to help me to buy a house get my foot in the property market and you know just really transform my life essentially um from you know six Years of hard, hard work with much of it being unpaid. So for me, you know, it was like, wow, this is like a massive manifestation. And like I, you know, I looked at my vision board and I thought, wow, selling your business um was like the last kind of t- tick on the checklist, as such. So um, you know, I, I sat there looking at my bank account and I thought, wow, like this is going to change your life. You're going to be such a different person. Like you know, you've achieved everything. Like woo, this is amazing and going to feel so amazing now. And then the money hit my account. I transferred it obviously to like the savings account where I was investing it to and the other things I was investing the money in. And within 10 minutes, I was like, right, the number's still the same in my bank account now. (laughs) Okay. And I realized, shit, you're the same Emma as you were 10 minutes ago. Like this hasn't like fulfilled you. Well, obviously I was like really grateful for it, obviously, but like it hadn't filled that void within me like I thought it would, like I thought all of my manifestations would have. So this wasn't just about money. This was all of the manifestations that I'd manifested over that kind of like year two year period hadn't filled that void I thought they would. And that's when I thought, You need to address this because your version of wealth, your version of what you thought was going to fulfill you really hasn't. So, yeah, it was it was that event which obviously made me really look at everything and think I am grateful for every blessing that has come into my life. But equally, you can't appreciate it fully or feel that fulfillment and sustainably keep it unless you, you know, you deal with that inner work, you deal with that shadow work of being able to, you know, feel your best self, um, and deal with what you know wound or whatever is triggering you needing more and needing to manifest more and needing more 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 all the time um you know gabby bernstein called it like manic manifesting and like you know it's like an addiction to manifesting as well in a way of like that buzz of having more and more stuff but actually not dealing with the underlying you know kind of feminine energy of what needs to be healed within so yeah it was that then obviously the psychic reading and then obviously that conversation with my friend on the podcast so just more and more synchronicities were coming up and like my followers would be saying hey Emma like you're really good with money like can you do some more videos on it and stuff and then when I did those videos were really like you know did really well loads of people really loved them so I thought I need to do more on money absolutely so Positively Wealthy when it first started when I first started like getting the ideas together um was mainly more a book on money it was a book on worth money and how to really like know your worth. And then as I kind of went down writing the book and writing the practices, channeling the practices in the book, it really became so much more than that it became about sustainability because obviously that was a big lesson I learned last year it became about actually redefining your version of wealth and how looking at all areas of your life and seeing where you feel wealthy where you don't feel wealthy and working on that so when the manifestations come you're going to feel good it's not going to have to feel like it's filling a void because you're already feeling great feeling joy you know feeling happy in your life so that when it comes it is a celebration and it, it isn't like trying Trying to feel anything, or you know, you're not trying to achieve anything with it. So a lot of the time of manifestation, you know, our egos love it. They're like, yeah, let's get money, cars, <laughs> clothes, book deals, everything. Um, when actually, like one thing I have shifted into over the last year with positively wealthy is actually manifest manifesting from a place of service. So talking about how we can be of service, um, and you know, how actually that manifestation can benefit the collective not necessarily how it can line my pocket or benefit me so that's always a good one to kind of like shift your focus into of how will this manifestation be of service to the world how can I help people with it rather than thinking yeah money yeah success for me you know when you're manifesting from that place of being of service it's it will always be so much more aligned for you
0: I was gonna say I I um so I know you've got Positively Wealthy coming out. I can't wait to read that. The first book I actually read over the Christmas break and I got, it's just such a feel good book. I mean, I you really need to look into Emma's backstory because your career is on a complete 180. I know you started out as the coupon queen. It was a hobby, completely took off, but the book itself, I'm, I just felt, it, I know you've gone into some really deep, dark moments in the book, but Overall, it's such a feel good book. I just got to sort of the new year and was really hyped up from it. Um, I just think the lessons in there are so good. It's really good to see how you turned everything around. You're very frank on, you know, where you came from, what happened to you, how you got yourself out of it all. Um, so yeah, I absolutely love the first book. So that's the, um, so the first book is called Spiritual Queen. We did do a review on the podcast of the book but yeah, I think that's fantastic. I really, really do love the book. Um I was gonna say, I know you do I know you touched on like Gabby Bernstein and so on, and I know you're not really in a position currently to read many books other than the ones that you're working on with you know specific authors. but what books do you absolutely love? We do a book for you on the show, so I'm really keen to know some of your faves.
1: yeah, of course. so um probably you know, I always get asked like, what are the books that change your life? So the books that changed my life were The Magic by Rhonda Byrne. That was the first spiritual book I ever came across in my spiritual awakening. And it's full of like daily practices that you can do with all law of attraction based. And for me, like that book has just been such a fundamental like Bible almost of like, when I'm out of alignment, when I just really need to pick me up, I do that challenge all over again. And by the end of it, I'm just feeling So aligned, so uplifted. Um, And I think that's what really inspired me to do my own practice book with Positively Wealthy because I see the power of doing practices each day and I see the power of not just talking about lessons and inspiring people, but giving them practical things to do each day. So, yeah, that's one thing. Like the feedback from the kind of like readers who have read Positively Wealthy already have said, you know, this is like next level. The amount of practices you give in here to actually like actually do these things not just talk about them is great and i think that's what i felt was missing from a lot of self-help books was okay this is great I'm feeling inspired I know what I've got to do but how do I do this so that was one thing I was passionate about including in there but I Gabrielle Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back was another life-changing book for me because I was a manic manifester I was a controlling (laughs) manifester and I'm a Virgo I was very much in my masculine energy so letting go oh what was that what does that mean (laughs) Um, so that book really really taught me to surrender and surrender hard um and you know i think i I, i'm sure i forget what i've actually written in spiritual queen it was so long ago now but i'm sure i talk about the universe has your back and how yes
0: you you did yeah yeah
1: (laughs) how it really like challenged me to like the universe pulled the rug from under my feet and was like right now you have no control in your life what you're gonna do and that was really how i learned surrender so for anybody who struggles with letting go or surrendering that is like such you know a go-to book um Apart from that, the books I'm loving at the moment, um, I would say um, Brene Brown's Daring Greatly was a fantastic book. Again, really changed my perspective of a lot of things, although it's not a spiritual book. It really helped me in like a real practical way, in a grounded way to, you know, change my thinking about like, you know, when we fall down in life. I love her arena of life analogy, if anybody knows what I want about there. Um, in terms of like, when you fall down, how to get back up. Um, and yeah. I'm actually reading her next book at the moment, Rising Strong, which is like, when you're on the floor, how to get back up. Um, and I just really love her work. She is a fantastic woman. So yeah, really loving those at the moment. And I know as well, you're really
0: into your crystals and you've got your own Oracle cards that are out there. They're beautiful. I absolutely love the Oracle cards. I'd love to get, I'm I'm definitely going to need to get a set myself. Um, But yeah,
1: do you work with, you know, the tarot? I know you've got your own cards. You, You work with crystals. Yeah, definitely work with crystals. Love my crystals. Um, I have decorative crystals and useful crystals in my house, but I think everyone can relate to that. Um, And yeah, in terms of like Oracle cards, I love using Oracle cards. I use them like in my little daily practice just to kind of tune in and be like, you know, from my angels, you know, what do I need to know today? What sort of are my focuses? And obviously in terms of like when you're looking for clarity or have any questions, you know, I really like to use them as well um to just yeah to just getting clarity from my spirit guides angels I do have some tarot decks I've got um the angel tarot deck from Dorian Virtue I think it is yes, but I know yeah yeah I love that one but I think some of the tarot just don't vibe with but oracle cards yeah I've got many. It's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It can get a bit out of hand. I'd Yeah,
0: I'm the same myself, actually. With, um, more with the Oracle cards now, actually. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I've seen some Fae ones recently. I know you had the Fairy Lady on your podcast. I love that episode. I thought she was really fascinating. So I've actually been doing some research on the Fae myself for one of our episodes. Um, I love just, yeah, the podcast is great. There's so many different... Um, you know so many different people different subjects on there it's fantastic and that's the thing I was I was also saying on the book review that we did there's so much of your work that's out there you know that the YouTube you know you've got YouTube you've got the podcast your website um coming back to the manifestation membership group when is I know you're going to be reopening that a couple
1: you open that a couple of times again this year for people to join Yes, so um, we're opening it again in May. So hopefully that's not too long from the date of the So yeah, we're opening it up in May for another probably one to two weeks again, definitely. And then the next intake, I believe, is September, September, October. So three times a year, essentially. But yeah, we just really, we sort of did a closed membership just to really like focus on the founding members, just make sure obviously it all works, it's all good. Um, So I think it's nice when instead of just like having to fully focus on promoting it all the time, which is obviously quite a lot to do with everything else I do it's nice to just you know have have that group of amazing women work with them um, and then yeah just gradually obviously invite more in over the years so yeah it'll be awesome to see any listeners in there for sure oh I
0: love the group it's so positive I've met some lovely lovely spiritual queens on there um Emma thank you so much so obviously Positively Wealthy will be out in June so it's the 9th for June is that that's correct brilliant okay um obviously if you want to check out Emma's podcast I'll put all the links on um the blurb for today's episode I Emma thank you so much honestly I can't um thank you enough for coming on and um yeah I really do love your work so thank you ever
1: so much thank you it's been so lovely to connect with you today
0: Welcome back. So let's talk weather magic. So weather witching is in essence used to harness and release energy through ritual or spell work or using some form to conjure, reroute or dispel weather. So it's less about exerting control over the elements, more about connecting to that particular flow of energy and moving with the currents to manifest your intentions. So it's believed that if you know the secrets of weather magic, you therefore take on the responsibility as great as your power to preserve and protect the land. So becoming a weather witch requires a very strong connection to the elements and huge responsibility. So in some form or another, weather magic exists in pretty much all cultures. Shamans, druids, certain tribes are called upon the weather to assist in their magic And obviously ancient society lacked our scientific understanding of weather, so they would often attribute various weather events to gods and goddesses. There are weather gods within every pantheon, pantheon meaning all the gods across religion and people collectively. Many weather rituals require you to call upon a weather deity or spirit for which there are many, again, necessary to take time to read up on the weather deities to see which one you would most like to work with for any weather magic you decide to do. So you can gain protection through rituals honoring a weather deity. For example, if you needed protection at your home from storms or similar destructive weather, you could provide that specific deity with offerings and kindly asking them to redirect or end the weather event. Knot magic is one of the simplest ways to harness the energy of weather. So you take a cord of string or yarn, something that won't break easily. You then knot the cord and visualize the energy being captured in each one. Then you would need to get as close as you can to the weather you are trying to harness within reason. Obviously, be extra careful, especially if you're using storm energy, use your common sense. So the witch's knot has been observed in folklore for centuries. There are many old beliefs, such as the tying of knots could cause impotence in a man, prevent pregnancy in a woman, entangle evil spirits, bind one's will or actions, and even cause death. So witch's knots are mainly associated with using magic to control the weather. If you remember at the beginning of the show, we were talking about the witch of Sort and storm. As she mentions tying in the winds. So, by binding certain winds in knots, they could raise, calm, restore storms, whatever the witch's intent was said to be. They would tie knots in rope, thread, cord, or their hair. And sailors would purchase favorable winds through buying a knotted cord. So, these cords would be produced by male and female witches alike and sold. They were very highly prized. It was basically traditional for a witch to tie three knots in such a way that the wind was bound up in the knots. So this varied from location to location in how they believed loosing a knot would affect the wind. So for example in the Isle of Man they believed that if you loosened one knot it would bring a southwesterly wind but this again varied from location to location So knot magic relating to the weather is seen through folklore of Scandinavia, the Shetland Isles of Scotland, Cornwall, the Isle of Man. Some fishermen are even said to have commanded the wind this way through the use of a witch's knot. So knot craft was employed in malefic witchcraft to do harm. So you may have heard of the witch's ladder. This was made of a string with nine knots. If it was hidden, it is said to cause someone it's knotted for to die a slow and torturous death. It's said that the only way to undo this spell was to find the ladder and untie all the knots. So witches' ladder spells are not always used for negative or extreme means. They are still used to this day. So the knots in the ladder, they help a witch to concentrate on repetitive chanting or carrying out an incantation without having to keep count. So they can focus will and intent on their spell's goal. You can make a witch's ladder by chanting during its creation process, basically to empower the talisman to do your bidding. So the power is stored in each knot within the ladder an example of a modern witch's ladder might be, say, a string of 40 beads or knots. And sometimes you'll find like feathers, bones, trinkets braided into it. Witch's ladders are a really great way to start in your craft with spell work because you don't need any extra elements to do the spell, just yarn, rope, or cord. You can set some pretty strong intention through making one. You can hang them in your home, use them for meditation. Just depends on what you've created the ladder for. We are going to do an episode on talismans and charms and the like. So, I'll definitely cover more on this in the future. So, I've outlined some special times for magic that you may want to work with when it comes to your spell casting. So, lightning storms, these are periods of intense energy. So, all spells cast during storms can be empowered by them and may prove to be more effective. Protection rituals are also good to do during lightning storms. Great to use lightning storm energy for spells relating to power, manifestation, grounding, cursing and strength. Rainstorms are great for spells pertaining to purification, love, compassion, friendship, beauty rituals and releasing guilt and jealousy. Overall, it's like letting everything wash over you and be cleansed in a sense. So a fresh, clean start for the spell you cast and what it relates to. Snowstorms are great for spells relating to purification, stilling emotions and releasing unrequired love or letting go of something that you are holding on to that's not good for you. So gentle magic is best by snow. During heavy winds, you can empower any rituals or spell work pertaining to addiction. It can assist you in study and travel spells, moving you forward in a sense, using that energy. So really searing hot days, spell work and rituals pertaining to protection, courage and energy, the sun's energy, using that to embolden you. The sun is often seen as a masculine energy. However, there are also many solar goddesses across many cultures, including Celtic and Norse goddesses. Solar and lunar eclipses. So in the past, magicians were urged not to perform magic during eclipses. These were seen, eclipses were seen as dramatic moments. However, solar and lunar eclipses are said to fuel spell work relating to banishments including the instruction of disease. So really powerful magic work. So it also helps with the third eye to give you a psychic boost. So also with visualizing manifestation and power. The last bit I wanna to read to you about is by far the most fascinating thing I've read in a long time, all about fog. This was taken from Tumblr, The writer was called the Manic Nami, just to give them credit because this article is fantastic. So fog was seen as a powerful tool to witches. In law, it is said that witches would summon fog to roll across the land in order to protect fleeing mothers and children during wars to hide from invading soldiers. So it's difficult to pin down in terms of which point of history, but said to come from Celtic and Gaelic origins. Witches were also said to have summoned fogs to protect traveling royalty or heroes on quests to reach land that could have been unfriendly to them on their arrival. It's also believed that fog was seen as liminal space. Oh, I love when we get into this. So it's that eerie sensation. So fog transforms something mundane into something mysterious, confusing, even creepy. So you can get lost in it when you're in it. It's said to be related to the witching hour in the sense that it was seen as a time that the supernatural were out and witches were casting their spells. So in terms of fog being a liminal space it means it's a transforming space, a space where the veil is thin and energies and worlds cross with one another. So the energy fog brings in is somewhat surreal obviously traditionally and theatrically fog is often seen to represent the veil between this world and the afterlife so as you know when you watch a film and you know the magic's about to begin or something supernatural happens you usually see fog before that occurs so fog is said to help with communication with the dead and can assist where some may use pendulums or if you do get involved with ouija boards is said to really help with that It is said to help in divination relating to past life work and self-discovery. So in terms of weather magic by fog, you may want to cast or enchant items for invisibility and protection during travel. So perhaps you would leave an item out for the fog to cast over and enchant it. Maybe one of your crystals or a piece of jewellery that you will take with you on your travels. You can also harness the energy of fog for spiritual communication, past life work and astral projection as you can take advantage of the thinner veil. Historically, sea witches would be asked to disperse fog for the safe return and port of sea vessels and the men upon them. Although we don't have many records of what spells they carried out, but there is a ton of this in the Witch of Salt and Sea book that I recommended today, They would often use a broom or heather and facing the sea with it in hand, they would wave it in the direction of the fog and command the fog to disperse. It is also said that by using a broom, a besom, whatever you prefer to call it, they could summon winds to remove the fog. So witches were also known to sing a fog removal song. It had a little dance that accompanied it, that they would dance with a broom besom in hand and they would direct the fog to travel away from you to elsewhere. They would also pray and work with weather deities to move the fog back to the sky or to lead it away. So fog is often seen as a hindrance in sea magic, especially historically, as fog at sea would and could bring tragedy to many. So sailors often called on witches for talismans and spells to be cast before they embarked on voyages. So because of this, in sea magic, fog is often seen as useful for negative tasks like cursing. So you can also use specific types of water relating to the weather in your magic, so for water you've collected, you can use this in spells and rituals relating to emotional strength and issues, particularly erratic emotions, manifesting, power, raising energy, rebirth, strength, letting go and moving on, revenge, breaking bad habits, balancing energies, pain, arguments, confidence, motivation, and force. Stormwater is said to strengthen spells overall and also curses. So I've read that if you add a hot or spicy herb to stormwater, it will bring in your element of fire. This can be used for warding, curses and matters of passion. So to collect stormwater, it needs to be water obtained via a thunder and lightning storm this carries ferocious and powerful energy. Rainwater is said to be very multi purpose, but good for any spells or rituals relating to growth and rebirth, or spells that require you to keep gaining power over a period of time. Use it for cleansing baths, blessings, altar water, or charging crystals. You can soak mint, orange peels and cinnamon in rainwater and use it as a really powerful cleansing wash that you can clean your front door with. This invites money into your home. You could also soak lavender, rose petals and hibiscus flowers in rainwater. This is said to be a really good wash to cleanse red and pink candles so you then air dry your candles you could dress them in honey and cinnamon and if you burn them to invite love in or spice up an existing relationship snow water is great for spells and rituals relating to purity endings and change or again slow working magic so more calm magic Dew water, so morning dew from grass. So, you might struggle to get much of it. So, this is really special, delicate stuff for love and fertility spells and delicate magic. This is great if you do a lot of work with the Fae. So, you may class yourself as a Storm Witch, and Storm Witches are said to focus on Stormcraft and overall emotionally charged magic. So I don't want to stereotype, but I found this really interesting. So you might class yourself as a storm witch if you find that you fear little, you find peace in chaos, you enjoy actually sitting in the midst of a hurricane or storm and watching it all happen. You love all kinds of extreme weather except for high heat. And usually storm witches are, tend to be very expressive and artistic I don't know about you, I always know when there's a storm coming, always get huge tension headaches and I love storms, I find them so powerful and exciting, always have done, it's got this whole electric magic otherworldly feel to it, I love that rumble of thunder and counting the time between thunder and lightning. So just to finish off, I love a witchy chant when it comes to my own spell work. I really feel like you build that energy up in it and you you can get all your intent in it. And, you know, you're really conscious of the words and remembering them as much as you can and putting your power into them. So I've got a chant that you might want to use during a storm to follow up any spell work that you have carried out this will or should help to increase its power so here it goes beneath the thunderstorm this hour I feel sacred space with your power I invoke and beseech thee to empower any work three times three lightning strike quick and long power any magic make it strong winds ensure my bidding true hear this call from me to you Clashing thunder and pounding rain, lend your power to me this day. By rain and wind as lightning strikes, this witch's power burns so bright. Charge my spell with all your might. Powers that are, powers that be, empower this spell three times three. This is my bidding, so make it so, on this day that the winds do blow. So you can say this chant as long as you wish for, or until you feel the chant has done its job. So with a chant, you can start out as a whisper and build the momentum and loudness of your voice along with its pace and intensity. So you should really feel that energy build up as you chant and once you feel it's done, release it into the air to do your bidding. Sorry if you can hear those crashes and bangs behind me. So I have a new familiar. And he is a little tiny black long haired black kitten called, well, we've named him Tarot. And I'm pretty sure he is a familiar because I was doing some spell work last night and he was all up in everything. He was all over everything. So, yeah, I think he's trying to help, but we'll see. But if you haven't already been over to my Instagram page, get on over there. You can see a picture of him. He is extra cute. It was all very strange how we happened to have him. He was the last out of the litter and he is adorable. So, yeah, that's all the crashing and banging around in the background. So I also have a small, simple sachet you can make that you might want to have gut making for weather protection. So you could use this in your home by putting it inside your chimney, obviously one that you're not using or somewhere tucked aside from, you know, how it functions, Or within the highest point in your home, so maybe like the beams of a loft, you figure it out. You will need bits of cedar, mistletoe and bay. Place them into a folded piece of white cloth and tie white yarn around them. So very simple, basic little sachet. Thank you so much, witches. I know I always say it. I'm always so bloody grateful to hear from all of you. So don't be a stranger. Drop me a line. Come over and join me on Instagram. I'm on at the White Rich Company. I'm on Facebook, The White Rich Company. Always love to hear from you and give me some topics that you want to hear and some books because you know it can't, sometimes it gets difficult to um yeah need some inspiration. But let me know if there's anything that you really want to hear about. Um, I honestly just can't believe how many reviews that I've had and. I know I always say it but if you listen and you're happy to leave me a review I would that's the only thing I can ask of you if you if you you know if you can just leave me a review I'd be really grateful it means that other witches can find us join in the little community have a lovely week witches I will be back here soon I hope again that you're all doing well things are starting to ease up a bit here in the UK. I hope wherever you are that you are safe and well and life is starting to change a bit for you, starting to come out of lockdown. Anyway, have a great week. I will catch up with you all soon. Lots of love.